insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks no more before it's too late. I'll tell you all the ways you can support the show first, but we're not doing that first. Uh, we uh, um, just remember to like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel if you've not already done so. But the first thing that we are going to be doing is we are coming at you first uh, with our special guest, uh, friend of the show and candidate in the Louisiana's State Senate 12th District, Britt Gandalfi. And welcome, Britt. Thank you for coming to the show. Remember to unmute your mic. Um, and hey, thank you for coming back on to the show. Appreciate you. Um, that is that is awesome, and we, we love to have you. And win or lose, you are always welcome to come back on the show to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And so, how's the campaign been? What have you been up to? Did I are you did I lose you? Are you? I think we might have had a bit of a issue. Did we lose you? Oh no. <laughs> Did we already have a technical snafu? Okay, there we go. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. I can hear you now. Yes, perfect. All right, so let's start over. Welcome back to the show, Britt Cadelfi, candidate for uh, Louisiana State Senate 12 uh, on the North Shore, of Louisiana. So, how's the campaign been going for you? Right. And, and as we've talked before, and as I said, there's, you know, two ways to run in that district because it's, it's on the North Shore. The North Shore is very conservative. You know, the the common wisdom is that what you should do is you should run to the front to the right, run to the center, you know, be more centrist, be more, you know, highlight conservative values to get those people to come to you. But, you know, the other way of thinking with what you're doing and maybe it's winning is getting people who may not feel like they have a vote and support on the North shore to come out and vote by saying, Hey, I'm there for you come out, register vote. And then also maybe get those people who are like, wow, this law went too far. This law and this, this person who is currently representing us supported this law and this law went way too far. 
and it did. And you're beating it out there. And, and what you're saying is you're getting a lot of good feedback from what you're saying. And that's great. It's great to hear that people are rejecting what the law is. And, you know, even at the end of the day, it, the result is you get people start pushing back on the draconianness of the law. And it is also a good thing. Right. Man, you're you're out there. I mean, you're you're out there. You're gonna be taking you're taking the good. You're probably taking some barbs too. I'm sure people are out there, you know, throwing slinging negatives as well. I'm sure, but I'm sure you're used to that, especially because you used to work in a clinic, right? I'm sorry, so I'm sure you dealt with that a lot there too. <laughs> right. Not at all. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I got to a point... It, it, it's tough. I remember when I was in my early days of debating, you know choice and autonomy, you know, I was, you know, maybe because being raised up north, um, you know, maybe I was more likely to be, you know, raised as someone with, you know, believing in choice regardless. But, you know, as earlier you get, you know, you know, it's, it's tough to debate the persons, but as, as you, as you start getting, you know, getting in your wheelhouse and getting your, you know, your, 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 your ducks in a row, I guess, and learning how to debate it, it, it becomes a lot easier, especially when, when you start hearing the same things over and over and over again, and, and they're less creative, and then it's like, okay, well, now I know how to hit this one out of the park, hit that one out of the park, and, you know, actually start getting impressed when they come up with something new. <laughs> right. 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 And just, just let the callers know that because of the technology, she, she won't be able to hear you. So I can't take calls on this. So I'm sorry, but I will get to your calls afterwards. Yeah. There's, I can't, I can't take the calls at the moment. I mean, I could, I could probably ask questions from the YouTube chat if you people wanted me to, but I can't, I can't take calls. Yeah. If, if you, if you have a question you want me to ask in the chat, I could definitely do that. Um, but I can't take a call. So ask, ask questions in the chat, and if they're reasonable, I'll ask them. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord. Well, here, my, my, my favorite, one of my favorite conservatives wants to know, if you are, if you are sworn in uh, on, into office, if you win your election, what, what book will you swear in on? Okay. She's going to pray on it, so there you go.
Well, see, if I was an observant Jew, which, you know, I'm Jewish, but I'm not really observant. I love bacon too much. Um, if I was an observant Jewish person and I won election, I would not be able to swear on the Bible because it, it would be against my religion to swear on the Bible, which is why, why when you take the oath of office, you can either swear or affirm that you're going to uphold the Constitution. So you don't have to actually swear on any book. You can affirm. Um, There you go. <laughs> that works. I think that's the only serious question so far in, in the chat. There's a house. There's a house sparks related question. I don't know if you know House Sparks, the comedian, but um, so let's see. Oh, we do have another. Let's see. Let me see if you are opposed to the ending of an innocent human life in the womb, then you must also support socialist policies to prevent abortion. (laughs) Right. Well, I think the hypocritical thing, though, is like that we have lots of socialist things that they support, like having a police department is socialist, having a fire department is socialist, having a military is socialist. It's taking money from, you know, people who can afford it to support everybody. I mean, those things are all socialist things as well, but they don't complain about that. They want us to support those things, but they're not going to look at it that way. socialized medicine. Yep. Mm. Well, I think I think it's unfortunate that Louisiana puts its elections the, the year before other elections, the, the, the main congressional elections, because it, it it keeps the election turnout lower, which you know, which only helps conservatives. But on the abortion thing, I mean, you're right about, you know, I've always said liberal policies reduce abortions, conservative policies increase them. When when Jeb Bush was governor of Florida, he um, reduced funding to Planned Parenthood, and for the rest of his tenure, the abortion rate went up. When John Hickenlooper was governor of Colorado, they made universal access to uh, contraception, uh, both by pill and IUD, regardless of if you had insurance, because under the Affordable Care Act, if you had insurance, you could get those things at 100% first dollar, but not everybody had, there was still a, a gap of people who didn't have insurance. So even those people would have access to pills and IUDs available at no cost. And during the tenure of his term, for the rest of that term, unwanted pregnancies went down, which meant abortions went down. So liberal policies reduce abortions, conservative policies increase abortions and just punish the people who get them. So if conservatives are only about punishing people for their choices, not about actually having an actual effect of when I had another radio show way back in the day, I had the the head of uh, Planned Planned Parenthood, I think it was. And it was 
Um, and we all were in agreement that if we could reduce the number of abortions in the place, that would be a great thing because nobody goes and wants to have one. It's just, you sh- but if you have to have one, it should be safe and it should be legal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And you can't be pro-life if you support the way that the Louisiana law is worded because, and I may not have the exact wording down exactly, but the way it's worded is that in Louisiana, which models itself off of the Texas law, is you have to be in imminent danger of having a severe medical issue taking place before you're allowed to terminate the pregnancy. So if you're in imminent danger of having what would be deemed to be a minor, like permanent, like a, if, if it's going to be a mine, if it's going to be a permanent medical issue, that's minor, whatever that means, you can't abort. If you're going to have a major medical issue, that's not permanent. You can't have it. If you're going to have, but if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a, and if you're, if you, if you know that you're going to have a major medical issue that's going to be permanent, if you let it continue, but it's not imminent, you still can't have it. So you're basically forcing the patient to wait until it becomes an emergency and then deal with it then and then risk it, which is why in Texas you had the case where the woman is suing the state because she almost, she actually went into toxic shock because of sepsis because the, the way that the law is written is so poorly written that the, law, that the lawyers in the hospital are like, well, we can't advise our doctors to do this procedure until she's in sepsis. Because, and, the, and the state's like, well, of course they could have done it. Well, no, of course not, because it's not clearly enough. And because, because this shouldn't be a, a legal issue. This should be an issue between the patient and their doctor as to what care is good enough for them. Right. Mm. And and the biggest Right. Well, how can they put up the baby up for adoption if they're forced to die to have the baby? It's going to be the state. It's going to be the state or the or the or the or the widow, uh, the widowing widowed husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, big uh, under his eye, Handmaid's Tale type deals. Like, <laughs> oh my my um, my wife was just, we started watching it. And my wife was like, I can't handle it. I can't watch this. This is too real. And it, it is. It's there's a lot of things where it's just like, yeah, that that I could see that happening just a couple steps away, you know, we're a couple steps away from that. And there are a couple things where it's like, Oh, that, that just happened. Yeah. Ew. Uh, right. Oh, that, those, those places pissed me off. I mean, there, there was, there was like a story way back in the day, like I the read in like the gambit, which is for the listeners who don't live here, one of our local papers. And, and like there's one place just strung this woman along for such a long time, like oh yeah, oh we'll help you get a abortion, oh we'll help you get the abortion, oh yeah. And by the time, by the time they helped her get, by the time it came time to help her get the abortion, it was too late and she couldn't get the abortion. And guess what? Then she, they was forced to, she was forced to then have have the kid because they misled and manipulated her. Um, Another thing that they, the conservatives lie about, and I finally remembered what it had left my brain and finally remembered it, um, is that they lie about, like, in stuff about, like, what, about the whole heartbeat lie. It's like, you know, they'll say, oh, six to eight weeks is a heartbeat. No, the human heartbeat in the, in the, uh, in the fetus isn't fully formed until, like, 20 weeks. And the abortions that take place after 20 weeks is, like, 0.5% of all abortions. 99.5% of all abortions take place before 20 weeks when, you know, people... Only the only abortions that take place after that are not people who are like, oh, I want to go have an abortion. You know, I, I don't want to be a parent. It's people who are in those drastic situations, not even economic drastic situations, but those other ones where the the, the fetus is not going to survive outside the womb, where where the parent is where the where the, the individual the patient's not going to survive the pregnancy. You know, those types of situations and where the where these laws completely fall apart. Like I'm. My position, I'm. I take the extreme position of of no restrictions. It should only be between the patient and their and their and the and the doctor. Um, but even if you're going to put restrictions on it, there should it should never be restricted in in a, in, a, in life and health situations. Never. It, those if, as long as it does, if the doctor says this is going to kill, trust the doctor. This is going to kill the patient. Trust the doctor. Don't just have the doctors sign off on it. Done. That's the end of it, and and don't 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 force don't 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 make any sort of other, you know, tests about about it. it this is going to kill the patient. Done. End of thing. This 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 pregnancy won't last. Done. Sign off of it. Don't try and legalize it. But they did. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. 
I mean, you're the candidate, and that's your issue. But, I mean, and you did say something about, you know, it being a right, and I'm sure there are people – I don't know if I've missed this in the chat or not. Um, but the, part of the rule, the horribly written ruling um, with uh, Dobbs v. Jackson, where they overturned it, uh, uh, repeatedly – um, Alito was like, there's no right to abortion written in the Constitution. And I'll remind everybody on the video that the Ninth Amendment says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, i.e. Uh, our Supreme Court justice who wrote an opinion in the Constitution, about the Constitution doesn't understand their own Constitution because that clearly says that you don't have to enumerate a right for it to be a right protected by the Constitution. So... We have lots of non-enumerated rights, and there you go. <laughs> huh? It, it, it might enumerate it in, the, in, in non-explicit ways. It might be enumerated in, like, rights of privacy type ways, but, you know, it's still, it's not, it's still not explicitly enumerated, you have a right to an abortion, but it doesn't have to be because the, if you if you want to go back to what the founders believed in what in the in the enumeration of rights, they, they didn't think that you should have to enumerate any rights. And that was a whole debate. So but it, it goes back to, you know, the founders being, you know, you know, people wanting to well, love to cite the founders until it becomes inconvenient to cite the founders. So and then, of course, they are old white slave holding men. So are most men mostly slaveholding men and yes <laughs> who, who considered you know three-fifths of a person who couldn't vote i know and then of course you know they argue that we should be text it's the same people that argue that we should look at laws and be textualists will also argue that we should look at the um look at the uh documents that the, the um federalist papers so you can't you can't do both. But anyway, um, Mm. Well, I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily think Katie Bernhardt is trying to turn out the progressive vote either. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my personal opinion is not the opinion of the candidate or the candidate's committee but that's my are the are the views of the podcast host and not the views of the candidate but but yes but you know you did get you you have gotten support of of the party and the governor the committees and 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 the committees the committees supported you and the governor supported you right
Okay. 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 Right. <laughs> we imprisoned the most people per capita in the world. Let's put more people in there. <laughs> the, the, they, they, the, the Republican Party decided they needed the evangelical vote, and that's when they started doing that. Because <laughs> I think the evangelicals in mass, I think, supported Jimmy Carter. I think they were all happy to have Jimmy Carter as president. I think they supported him a bunch, and then... Uh, the Republican Party was like, we need evangelicals, so let's get them all riled up about abortion. And then they were like, okay. <laughs> mm. That's socialism. Oh, no. Making sure people have a place to live is, is socialism, and we can't do that. Right. Although I've I've had I've had interesting guests on this show that have made the argument that that government subsidies for housing by giving by paying those government subsidies to landlords you end up artificially inflating the price of housing which ends up hurting renters. So you actually end up having a situation that harms more renters than helps the people who are unhoused and who are economically disadvantaged and we should need a better situation uh, than with, with more guaranteed housing and less landlords or something like that. I don't know if I'm exactly articulating the point correctly, but it's, it was, it was an interesting economic point that I couldn't argue with. I'm, I'm not yet sold. It's, It's like, I've had arguments where like, I'm almost there. Like I agree with the majority of the points that are made. Like I'm not quite yet with the rent is death crowd, but most of the arguments that they make are valid about, you know, I think there are people who do. Right. 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 My, my, I mean, my mortgage payment right now is, is for a larger house is less than what, somebody pays for rent for a much smaller place. Although I don't know what that will be next year after my citizens goes up, but that's a whole different story. Um, but the, um, but I mean, there are, there are situations where, you know, there are people who do choose to rent and that's fine. If you, if you are, if you have the means to buy and you choose to rent, that's fine. If you have the, there are people who are like traveling nurses who need to rent and that's fine. You know, there, there's, there's definitely a, a market for rent, but there, there shouldn't, we also have so many unoccupied dwellings that could house every unhoused person. And it's, it's, we've definitely, we've definitely unsaturated the market, I should say by, by so many houses that are not being put in the market that we've artificially created a, um, 
a shortage and as such or scarcity that it makes the prices too high for people to be able to afford it. And, you know, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like the idea of Airbnb should have been like, Hey, I want to, I'm in, I live in new Orleans. I want to go to Disney for Mardi Gras. So I'm going to rent my house for Mardi Gras and make some money so I can pay for my Disney trip. Like, great idea. But, right, that, that, should be, that should be what it was. And then it became, I'm going to be an out-of-state developer, buy 12 houses and, and gentrify the entire neighborhood and throw all the marginalized people away. Like, that's what it became. Like, Uber. Uber be, was, started off as being, hey, I'm going to go to work. But I might as if I'm going to work, I might as well pick up a couple people on the way to work and make some money on the way back and forth to work. And then it became, well, I'm gonna I see an opportunity to make a whole bunch of money, so I'm gonna make a whole bunch of money. And then they started cutting driver benefits, and that's when I stopped driving. <laughs> when it, I, I literally stopped driving a month before it became really bad for drivers in the in New Orleans, like it. it they cut the rates. They, they they did things like we used to get like. Like if a driver, if, if a rider paid like 10 bucks on a ride, like, and then plus like whatever booking fee there was that covered like insurance and stuff like that, like I would get like eight bucks. Like I, I, if whatever the rider played, I would get like 80% of it. They changed it to like a rate card instead. So what the rider paid, what the driver paid was completely different. And then they changed how surge worked. So there were, there were situations where like a, a driver might get paid like, 20 bucks if but the passenger could have paid like 60 or something and they were like uber was taking so much more money it was even worse with lyft and i was just like mm. and it got really bad like i i drove in like i stopped driving full-time it, like I, I picked up a full-time job that's why i was doing it between work between between gigs and it was actually great because i was able to tell anybody i was uh i was interviewing with they were like, well, why haven't you worked as a software developer in the last two years? I was like, well, I'm making good money with Uber and Lyft, so I don't have to settle for a lowball offer. And they're like, oh, well, we can't lowball you then. So I was able to get a good salary. And then it ended up happening that as soon as I got, I got the next job, they started changing this, their policies. And the only time I've driven Uber since was they said, hey, you haven't driven in a while. Here's a good bonus. I'm like, I'll take that bonus. And then I stopped driving again. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, it's always it's, it's always a constant battle between you know the people that work and the people who are the employers, and it's it's always a constant struggle, and that's why you need unions. But everyone's always fighting unions, and it's like it. it I, I liken the need for unions like the need for the levies in New Orleans. You know, people will argue, well, we don't need unions anymore because unions fought for all these things that we have. So why do we need unions anymore? Well, the Mississippi River hasn't flooded New Orleans in the last however many years. So does that mean we can take down the levees now? No, we still need the levees because they're, pre- they're preventing the river from flooding the city. So if we take away the unions, the, the businesses are going to then continue to try and do the same BS they tried to do beforehand. So they don't understand that. I don't know. 
it's I don't understand how was it what was the what was the campaign contribution he got that's now I'm blanking on it there was some campaign contribution he got that was terrible um now I'm blanking on it I'm blanking on it because I was I've been too busy dealing with the campaign contributions that have been obtained in the uh, in the uh, District 91 race for the House race, but that's a whole different other story. You want to talk about you want to talk about District 91 with with Landry? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Right. But that's that's the thing. Like we we could there's so many districts where Republicans are running unopposed that could have that could have had Democratic candidates, and we've discussed this Monday, even if the Democrats wouldn't have won in those districts, running a Democrat in those districts would have enabled uh, those Democrats to help get out the Democratic vote in those districts, which would have helped statewide Democrats win or have a better chance of winning. So none, none whatsoever. Yeah, well, you know, there some people are mad that for you know a few months that Mandy Landry left the party because she was you know felt that she could do the same thing as an independent person as a Democratic person. You know, I mean, they must be really mad at me because I was an independent voter for years because I was mad that the Democratic Party endorsed unrepentant convicted felon Edward Edwards for Congress, and well, I decided to come back into the fold because I wanted to vote and the democratic primary in 2020 so be it so that's that's why i did it because there's only two reasons you have to be a there's only three reasons you want to be a democrat in louisiana um if you want to vote in the primaries if you want to serve on the the parish executive or state central committee or if you want i guess to be a democrat elected official as a democrat those three reasons otherwise you can be an independent voter and still vote however you want because we don't have closed primaries except for in the presidential primaries so Like what do you mean? Like the see, I don't even I don't even know. I mean, I think one one of the articles that I read, like that gave kind of like the full background and everything, says that she says that it was like an inheritance, like that she inherited the money that she loaned herself. Right. Like I don't I don't like like that's fine i have mine also has came in and out i I was trying to i thought one of my kids was coming in and i was just like waving back and turned out it was just my cat right because i was like actually i'm going to do something a second can one of y'all close my door please but they can see you so don't be naked 
Right. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. Like, like there is a, like I was considering running for the state central committee, and but I talked to a friend of mine and found out that the person. I don't like who the person who is currently sitting in there supported. And so I was going to challenge, but the per- there is already somebody in my, in my district challenging. And so I'm like, well, I don't have to do that. I don't have to, I don't have to be the one that challenges. So no reason to make that fight because somebody else is making that fight. I don't, I don't need to, I, I can let somebody else do that and support that person or do something else. Like there's no need to fight at a good incumbent. Like, I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and one, the only reason that I, that I would think that, I don't understand why somebody would loan, like in, in O'Malley's case, $137,000 to her own campaign to a job that's over the next four years is only going to pay as, what, 80 at the most, 70 at the most maybe over the next four years is because maybe she's expecting if she does win to get campaign contributions to pay that off. And maybe, maybe the campaign contributions that she is going to get might not be campaign contributions that she doesn't want people to see before the election. I don't know. That's a, it's a, it's an, like, I don't know. I hope Mandy does win because I mean, she's done good work already, but, but, I th- she on Monday she says she feels good about it. Like she feels that the numbers are good, but you know we'll see. Right, we'll see Saturday. We'll see Saturday, of course. But the the you know my my theory on that is is my theory as to why any candidate puts that much money up against to, to loan themselves would be would would be that either it's not their own money or they are anticipating contributions after the fact that they just don't want to, ha- and they have maybe some promises of contributions after the fact, um, if they do in fact win. So am I right? Am I wrong? We'll see. We can only see if that happens, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I, unfortunately I tend to be right more often than I'd like to be like, I, I was I was in 2016. I was right that Donald, if Donald Trump won, he would name three Supreme Court justices, and everyone called me crazy. It was like there's no way that Donald Trump's going to name three Supreme Court justices. And once he named his third, I was like, I'm like, I'm 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 right too much to only have seven to only have 750 YouTube subscribers. <laughs> I should have. Hmm. What? Yes. Yes. I even said it was going to be her. I even said it was going to be her. No, it's not going to be. I was like, it's going to be Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, exactly. But I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't get anything to hit. Even my even my Hamilton parody, I thought was going to hit and didn't hit. Yes. So. Well, I try. So. Ben, and we all and we all appreciate you and Mandy and all the other 
hardworking progressives that are trying to do the right thing for our state as well. Um, yes. Oh, my, my first run for office was, was hard too. I mean, I, I was, it was, it was the first congressional district. I was, I ran all up on the North shore and you know, it was, it was North shore, Metairie, Kenner, some of the West bank. Like it was very quite gerrymandered. There was a, there was a district like in uptown New Orleans where there was four corners of an intersection and like, two of the corners, like these two corners connected with the intersection and the other two corners connected across the river. That's how badly gerrymandered that district was back then. I'm sure it is still very, very badly gerrymandered, but it was, it was, it was crazy. I went to that corner just to be, I needed to take a picture. I don't know if I still have the picture, but I needed to take the picture of this is the district. This isn't, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Over way overly complicated because of gerrymandering they need to pack because they have to pack all of the black voters into one district so they can disenfranchise them and and take away their their say in congress because there should be two because there should be two districts that represent black people in louisiana and there's only one and they they finally solved that problem in alabama and hopefully now they'll be forced to solve that problem in louisiana too with the supreme court ruling so That's crazy. Yep. No one's problems. That's fine. I drink. You can eat. <laughs> and I want. And I wanted to come to your thing on Monday, but I had to prep for my podcast. So because I now, now I'm doing Mondays and Wednesdays. So. But we'll uh, we'll definitely have to we'll definitely have to hang out one time soon after the election's over with once once you are hopefully preparing for your new seat. But you know, regardless. Right. And how many people are how many people are in your district? Wow. Okay. <laughs> so well, hopefully you got some more to turn out by by being energetic and out there and 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 getting the people excited about yourself and and um, there are there any other issues that that you want to talk about or any other things you want to let the listeners know about before you head off and I know you probably have to take care of the kiddo or Be annoying. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, you're very welcome. And as soon as this uploads, I'll get this to you and you can share it far and wide. And 
Um, good luck on Saturday, and uh, I'll be watching the results. And I hope you have a good rest of your day, and we'll we'll get together soon. Um, I haven't made the decision yet, but maybe I will. Well, you may, maybe I might. We'll see. Okay. Great. Sounds good. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. So, again, that was Britt, and she is running for the state senate uh, here in Louisiana. And, again, you could uh, support her. I know Jolie uh, has shared the link a couple of times, I believe, as I saw that going by. Uh, So thank you, Jolie, for that. I know we did have a bunch of stuff going on in the chat. Uh, I know Gibson, you said you hope she doesn't win, but you know, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Um, one of the things that was interesting that we've talked about the last time that she was on was that um, Beth Mizell, uh, who is the Republican in there, uh, supports uh, this carbon capture project, which the, um, in order for the, uh, uh, I guess the oil and gas industry to try and get away with some of the, the stuff that they're doing. They, uh, there, there's a carbon capture project that the city that it's happening near doesn't want to have happen. And the city's not happy about it. And a Brit is, wants to say that the city should be able to have a say in whether or not the carbon capture process takes place in the city or near their city. So in reality i would think that that's the more conservative stance but it seems like um beth mizell is the one that's bought and paid for by the oil and gas industry so she's willing to throw the city under the bus probably because the city doesn't live it doesn't exist in saint tammany parish because that's part of the thing she lives in saint beth mizell lives in saint tammany parish and the other two parishes or counties for those living not living here in louisiana um She's willing to throw those two under the bus because most of her vote comes from St. Tammany Parish. So she's like, F, F St. Tammany, F Washington Parish. Let's just, you know, we, we, can, we can put those carbon capture things there because there's been no studies to show what those carbon capture pro- projects will do. Now, I'm fine, you know, with a general concept that we should be doing things to, you know, eliminate the, the excess carbon that goes into it in, in the hopes to fight, you know, global warming. But... Again, the solution can't be worse than the, than, the, than the problem. And if you're going to harm people's drinking water, if it could potentially harm their drinking water um, by putting it right by where their drinking water is, then you're not doing anything environmentally sound. You're just shoving one problem into somebody else's problem. So long carbon capture is deployed by the gastric. Again, yeah, so there you go. So there you go. Um, and I'm concerned. So anyway, show reset. We have 26 viewers, 25 likes. I don't know if that 626 viewer is me. So if there's somebody there who hasn't liked the video yet, please make sure to like the video. Please make sure to share the stream, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, like, comment, and share other videos as well. I saw some of y'all do that for some of the Israel videos that we did uh, share before, which is a good thing. Um, has anybody been paying attention to uh, the Steve Scalise thing and whether or not uh, they are holding a vote tonight or not? Because that's one of the other things um, that that was potential to happen tonight, but 
they said they didn't know whether or not they were going to have a vote tonight. Um, do, 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 do. And it doesn't seem yet that there is going to be a vote. I haven't seen anything about there being a vote yet, so we're not there yet. The PSGE 7, I did not like the chief to reply that we have a constitution written in the 18th century that is not suitable for today as if it's not been amended 27 times since it was ratified. Well, I mean, it has been ratified, but there are things that are there that were written that haven't been changed since then. But a lot of the people, a lot of the things that, a lot of the things that have been there, some people still don't like. So, bicycle bike, they don't have the votes yet. So... You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're going to need congressional approval, but you don't have the votes. Anyway. Um, and I, I've said it I said it before. Like, I didn't think that this – I thought it was going to be Jim Jordan. I really thought that they were going to go with Jim Jordan. But – oh, I forgot. To, I was going to bring up one thing before she left, and I forgot. Um, the Jeff Landry thing that we were talking about, Jeff Landry is running for the Louisiana governor. Jeff Landry accepted money, campaign contributions from a lawyer uh, who is charged in a scam of Louisiana homeowners after Hurricane Ida. Like he was, he was going to be processing Hurricane Ida insurance claims and he was really scamming them. And the day he gave the campaign contributions to Jeff Landry, who at the time, who currently is the attorney general and he's running for governor, the day the campaign contributions were given is the same day, the day he got indicted was the same day he made the campaign contributions. Hmm. Fishy. Fishy, fishy, fishy. So that's not somebody that we want as our governor. But if somebody who may very well be governor of Louisiana, it's going to be terrible. Um, but back to Scalise. I really thought it was going to be uh, Jim Jordan who was going to be the one. Um, but I think there's, there's too much stuff on Jim Jordan. But then again, like there was somebody like on the local news today who was saying that Jim Jordan's not somebody who will reach across the aisle, but Steve Scalise is. And I'm like, <clears throat> are you kidding me? Steve Scalise is a hyper-partisan hack, too. Um, the only thing about Steve Scalise is, like, I know him. Like, we've met, like, like the other, like, I think the other day I was talking about the fact how, like, the last time I saw him in person was, like, Louis, like New Orleans Tech Week or something. And he came to some event. And I was like, hey, Steve, how you doing? And we shook hands. And he remembered me because in 2004, for a very brief moment, we were both in the election for Congress running against Bobby Jindal. Now, Steve Scalise dropped out of that election, um, giving way for Jindal to run. And then Steve Scalise was like, okay, I'm going to drop out because he probably thought and was correct in thinking that as soon as he dropped out and as soon as Jindal moved on and ran for governor, that Steve Scalise would then be the one who was tapped to be the next one in that seat. So, and that seat's a very powerful seat. Uh, that seat has has gotten people um, has gotten some very powerful people who have done some very stupid things. Like Bob Livingston was going to be Speaker of the House until he got caught by Lawyer Flint uh, cheating on his wife. Um, David Vitter uh, was going to be Governor, but he 
fuck with hookers. Um, Bobby Jindal became governor, but fine. And now Steve Scalise, you know, might be Speaker of the House. Who knows? You have his health issues to worry about. Steve Scalise also once said that he's David Duke without the baggage. Who knows what that means? Um, what that really means, but yeah, as Bicycle Mike said, David Duke without the robes. Um, robes, baggage, same thing. So, Cynthia from Texas, now I want Pop-Tarts and I don't even consider it food. Eh, food. Use it. Use the term lightly, I suppose. Uh, let's see. There you go. Through. The Constitution was created to meet our needs, and the needs were changed. Um, Republicans are always scamming off the poorest and the most desperate, sickening. Very true. Um, is that kimchi a different name? Witchy Kim? I do not understand why the Second Amendment folks in our well-regulated militia. I don't understand that either. I had a great phone call into the Jeff Career radio program once when I was like, um, people are like, I don't. They were like, I don't understand why liberals don't understand will not be infringed. And I called up and I was like, well, you know, yeah, too many, too many uh, liberals forget the word shall not be infringed, but too many conservatives uh, forget the term uh, a well-regulated militia. And the the woman. Uh, who is now Jeff Carrera's wife, but not at the time, was like, it doesn't say regulated in there. And I just started laughing. And I could even hear Jeff laughing. And he was like, he read it. And then she wouldn't even admit that she was wrong, clearly, because conservatives will never admit that they're wrong. Um, You know, that's just how it goes. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. (laughs) Anywho. Let's see. Uh, WMD did not belong anywhere but in the battlefield. Jefferson thought each generation would rewrite its own founding document. Well, regular militia should not be infringed. The dopes don't know English grammar. I mean, the, I think the second, if I wrote the Second Amendment in an English class, I think I'd fail because I think it's very, very, very poorly written. You know. Yeah, SCOTUS is absolutely corrupt as fuck, especially with um, with uh, Thomas and Alito and all that fun stuff. People always say, we need a second amendment because we need to be able to take up arms against the government. I'm like, good luck taking your AK-47 against a, uh, an A-10 warthog with uh, depleted uranium tip shells good luck with that not gonna happen all right so let's go ahead and haha we are back to talking about the continued israel hamas discussion oh we have a caller hello hello sir how you doing tonight i'm doing well how are you I'm doing all right. Has my has the callers stormed the phone lines tonight because they they were uh, really particularly upset about that Israel uh, comment there that you made that the, about the macro and uh, 
uh, where, where's the conservative uh, prong point that you put there in your video? I showed it to a couple of my buddies, and they're like, what? <laughs> so they might be calling you tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I did you have may be going a, Go ahead, I sorry. did have another one that looked like someone was trying to connect with Skype, but they, they kind of they, they exited out, but... Uh, so far, so far, you're the only one. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, can you go in a little more explanation? I know you did on the video, but I, I said, well, how do you compare it to conserv- a conservative value uh, uh, or a conservative geopolitical standpoint of how this is Israel Israel's favoring conservative uh, point of view concerning the Hamas issue? Well, is is Likud the uh, conservative? A, a conservative political party in the, in, uh, the state of Israel? Yeah, well, I guess you could say that, yeah, but they're, I don't think I they're mean, taking that approach, though, to, when it's coming to a two, when, when they're open to a two-state solution all this time, and they're making peace with Saudi Arabia, and then now the hex is put on that based upon the what, uh, Iran funding Hamas to go into Israel like this. I mean, I just, I, wait, I support wait, hold Israel on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just sorry, wait, go ahead. When was the last time that Netanyahu brought up a two-state solution? I don't think the two-state solution has been seriously on the table for a very long time. Well, and I can hear well, I, I can I, hear me myself in the background, so I might want to mute YouTube. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's fine. How's that better? Yeah, it's better. Um, but yeah, like I have I haven't heard any serious discussion on the part of of anybody on either side for an well, you know, again. You know, Saudi. It's not me. It's not me because I, I don't have nothing else. I don't have nothing on right now except I'm calling on my house phone, landline too. So that's weird. Um, yeah, very weird. Um, uh, well, let's go to Saudi Arabia then. They were just about ready to go strike a peace deal with Saudi Arabia, and now I now let let me ask you this question: Do you think that the six billion has been already already spent? And already and helped fund Hamas to, to pull off this attack. No, there's there's no evidence that any of that money has been withdrawn. So where is the money now then? Um, if, if it's in a bank, I think still in the bank. It was at the bank in South Korea. I mean, yeah, I am hearing Cotter, myself. Cotter. Cotter. Is it in Cotter, Cotter. or is it? Some, it it's whatever bank it's in. It's still in. Uh, well. There's wait till next week. There's going to be reports that have come out that that money has already been spent, and there's evidence already that has that Iran is directly responsible for funding Hamas and Hezbollah from uh, that where Lebanon is striking Israel, and also the weapon weapons that the uh, the exit strategy of the Biden administration there in Afghanistan, which we're now we're seeing weapons turn up that were from uh, all what we left behind. Okay, well, we have a comment about three that. Three different things now. So, so let, let, well, let's let's try and focus the com- let's try and focus the conversation on just the argument that I made that the problem between Israel and and the Palestinians is a is a is a problem over there as conservatives. Now, okay. if, if if we if we can bring in like people like Iran funding that's okay fine but i think i might maybe is this i don't know why this is doing this i don't know um i don't know why i'm hearing an echo yeah anyway (laughs) so anyway so if 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 we can bring in like iran helping i mean i'm sure iran at some point has helped hamas i mean that's that's not that's without question at some point iran has helped hamas and I'm, i'm sure 
the intelligent departments of, of the world, including the United States, including Israel, including other nations of the world, are probably looking into whether or not there was a um, – I'm going to just mute you a second just to see if it's me. I'll okay. bring you back on. Okay. Um, there are people, I'm sure, who are looking into whether or not the – it was Iran or – who who helped with this particular attack or just if Iran has helped them up until this point and we'll be looking into if Iran did help this attack, how they did help this attack or not. And I'm sure that is going to be the case. And yes, it is. The echo is coming from you. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll meet you in a second. Um, but yes, the, there are people who have been looking into that and, and it, they should be looking into that. And then I think there'll be a discussion to be had as to whether or not we should refreeze those those funds and we can always talk about how fungible funds are or whatever but i think the the idea there's there hasn't been enough time for those that for the six billion dollars in funds to have been used or whatever for these for this purpose it's just it's just not possible it's not even plausible for for those funds to have been used uh for any anything that was pertaining to the events of this past weekend so I think I think anybody who's trying to bring that up is just trying to dirty the water. But if we want to bring up the idea of conservatism and what if conservatism is responsible for the problems in general, and, not, and again, I was not talking about this weekend. I'm talking about in general. I mean, Likud is the cons- one of the conservative parties. There are more conservative parties. Uh, there, are, there are more religious conservative parties. Uh, than Likud, there are there may be even more politically conservative parties than Likud, but Likud is a major conservative party in Israeli politics and has been such for many a years, uh, many a year, um, and 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 that's without question. Benjamin Netanyahu is a conservative Israeli politician, and that's what that that to doubt that is now you may question how conservative he is, but he is a conservative. Israeli politician and you might say you might not think he's as pure of a conservative as you might want him to be and maybe he's not as pure of a conservative in the American context but just as I would argue with liberals and leftists uh, when I try and bring up and talk about leftist and progressive policies and and they'll say oh well you know you know Bernie Sanders is a leftist and then somebody will say oh well Bernie Sanders is really a moderate centrist if you compare him to uh, Europe and I'll be like, well, no, but, but you can't do that because we're talking about American politics. So if you're talking about American politics, you have to talk about the, the, the frame, you have to frame the conversation in how American politics is. You can't just go bring in European politics to try and claim that somebody isn't leftist or not. You have to talk about American politics. So if you're talking about Israeli politics, you know, and, and I do bring in American conservatives at some point in the debate, but when you're talking about Israeli politics, the Likud is the conservative party. And I'm going to bring you back. So, hello. Wait, hold on. I think, I don't think, I think, is it, I think, let me just. 336. Wait, hold on. You see it? Hey. Okay, got you. All right. All right. You there? Hold on. All right. So uh, have you now? Much better, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, much better, okay. right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, there. 
I'm a blog talk host, so I I know the tech, I don't want I know it's aggravating to have an echo, so <laughs> to have a conversation with an echo. Um, well, okay, your point is well taken on that and that aspect. But so, so let me throw it back at you then. How would you how would the liberal standpoint then how, how would it differ then? What would what would what would be different then? How the outcome just not this past or over the past few years? Well, I would I would probably argue that a more leftist progressive Israeli government would not support you know, bulldozing uh, Palestinian houses to create settlements, uh, for one. Um, I, would, I would argue that a more leftist progressive um, one would probably be more proactive in trying to argue for a two-state solution. Um, I, would, I would argue that, you know, a lot of, I mean, we could probably sit here and, and go over, you know, individual actions that, that Netanyahu uh, has done over the course of his tenure uh, that that has rattled the cage of um, Palestinians in general, where there's been um, harassment of the Palestinian populace uh, in ways that would be seen as, you know, maybe the same way in which perhaps. I, I, Trying to trying to word it as best as I can, like like so so many things have been going on in, in recent in in the recent recent actions where where I'm not thinking of every single possible thing that Benjamin Netanyahu has done over the course of his tenure and multiple tenures as Prime Minister of Israel. But my point is is that his actions as Prime Minister are done in such a way that that do not do not seek peace. In my opinion, to me, it's he almost wants to he almost wants to benefit from conflict. But well, this he, is a long history, and you have to date back all the way back to the beginning because that's what they do. And you're dealing with something that is biblical here. And if you go to Genesis twelve three one, the Lord says to Abraham, "Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make." of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whom who dishonors you I will curse, and you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The blessing included that, that land that at the time the promise was made, and it belonged to Abraham. It was promised to Abraham, this land. It, it, it can't, there was no such state or country ever called Palestine. I know there's maps that were created throughout history that say there was, there was not. It was Canaan, and it was promised to Abraham. And, we know, and, and, it's, and it's a biblical lesson for everyone to learn, and that's the way it is. And God's not going to have it any other way, and neither are the Jews. It's the, I believe that's their land. And now I believe the, the proper way of going about it is they're going to have to occupy the Gaza now and the West Bank permanently and, and, and from now and forever because there's never going to be peace. You're dealing with people with an ideology and a belief that, that is not a peace, that is not a, have a peaceful mind or a resolution in their but minds or, fra- or frames of mind. That's, that's the problem, though, is that is, is the problem you're falling into is that you are, you are blaming the entirety of the Palestinian people for Hamas. You're blaming the entirety okay. of the Palestinian people for the wrongdoings of a few. It would just be just like me blaming the entirety of Catholicism for molesting priests or well, me, me blaming 
Me blaming the entire... Okay. Let me throw this one at you. Okay, you have a drug deal- dealer in your neighborhood. Okay, all right? Your entire neighborhood, it's bringing down the neighborhood, bringing crime to your neighborhood. What does the neighborhood do? You report them to the police. You have Hamas amongst living amongst the Palestinian people. All the organizations, the nonprofit organizations, all the funding that the Palestinians have had over the years, 15 years now, 16 years since what, Arafat's death. Um, and instead of taking that money, it was stolen by Hamas, it gets stolen by Hamas, and they're using it to buy weapons to shoot rockets over at Israel. And why not snitch these Hamas people out to the Israeli officials, intelligence officers, because they have the most sophisticated network of intelligence over there, and root out this evil. Instead, they welcome these Hamas people, and, they, and, they're, and they're shouting death to America and death to the Jews in the streets of Palestine. Come on, you know that. The Palestinians aren't these innocent, sweet little people that want peace. <laughs> you know, I mean, is every single one of them evil? No. If, but, if, if, but, you, if you're sitting here done. and have a gun behind your head thing and someone says, well, if you don't shout death to Israel, death to the Jews, uh, we're going to shoot you because you're going to be seen as, as a Jewish sympathizer. What are you going to do? Are you, are you going to sit there and say no or, and, and risk your family dying? Or are you going to sit there and pretend uh, to save your own life? You know, In one might like this situation, yes. Of course, right, but is right. Like so, so, so I can't necessarily sit here and blame. I'm not going to sit here and blame somebody for having to take an action that, in in the grand scheme of things, is it is it hurting me when I know that the the people who are um, living who are ruling over them are horrible despotic people? And I don't think your your one drug dealer example is to make your example good. Let's say you were in a let's say you were in a in, a, in, a, in one neighborhood, and the neighborhood next to you had a couple of drug dealers in it, and your solution would be to raise the entire neighborhood just because it had some drug dealers in it, simply because the other people in the neighborhood didn't turn in the drug dealers because they were afraid if they turned in the drug, one of the drug dealers and were caught, they would get hurt by the drug dealers. Like is Israel doing that? They're not. Uh, they're not taking. They, they didn't there, take there out are war on the entire Palestinians. Well, you're you're suggesting that we they should take over the entire this of now, Gaza. Well, well, that's, now, well, well, because look what's happened. happened. I mean, you know, and there are people who are saying that they should raise the entire Gaza Strip and just flatten the entire thing and get rid of the no. entire thing. So yeah, yeah uh, so. it's war. It's a war, Dan. Right now, now it's war. What has happened over there? The atrocities are unexplainable. They're, I mean, I speak to people in the military. I know people in the military and and people that are actually stationed over there now uh, that are in the special forces that are just that are working side by side with the Israeli military. And there and there's American citizens over there that have been captured and murdered now. This is a yeah. war. And, and unfortunately, in war, there, it's not we get to pick and choose our targets. In war, it's hell. And unfortunately, there's going to be cataclysmic casualties in war. And they started the war. They started this war on a 50-year anniversary of what? You know, of, of, of what happened 50 years ago. And, it was, and they took an opportune time to take advantage to attack a party. And innocent kids that were having a good time, and they raised, and you know, and they took it, and, and it just swelled out of control after that. I mean, I, and that's what happened. And I stand by Israel, I stand by the Jewish people, and I, they have to do what they have to do to take back their lands, and so be it. I, of course, I don't want to see innocent Palestinians hurt. Of course, but unfortunately, again, it's war. And again, but, but, I, but as I said in one of my videos, I don't know if you've watched all of my videos. I don't know if you watched every second of my videos. I watched about two of them. I watched, I watched okay, two of them. I try to right. catch them all when I can. All right. So, so it, points that I made in my videos is 
absolutely, you need to go after the people who did the wrongs. And and there's a but there's and there's a difference between there are people there are absolutely people who said that you should raise the and the entireness of Gaza, who you should just flatten the entire thing. And to those people, I said you know better than Hamas, because there's a difference between going after the people who did this and ending up with civilian casualties, which is which are tragic, but sometimes happen in war, and just flattening indiscriminately the entire thing. Um, two different things. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tough situation. I'm not going to sit here and say that Israel doesn't have the right to defend itself. I'm not going to sit here and say that Israel doesn't have the right to go after Hamas. I'm not, I, I think Hamas needs to go away. I, I mean, I think Hamas, Hamas yeah. is a terrorist organization. Hamas needs to go. Hamas, if, uh, the entire world would be a better place without Hamas, without Hezbollah, et cetera. That you know, that's you know, and we'll agree on that. But we're, we not, we're, yeah. we we might not agree on the methods in which you do so. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't think bombing should be indiscriminate. I don't agree necessarily with the idea of just cutting off the entirety of power to the entirety of of Gaza. I, I have a big issue with the idea of you know there there is a big conversation to be had about. You know, the fact that now there is a hospital with no power. So if there's a yeah, hospital if there, yeah. there's a hospital with no power, so you're gonna have people who need a required medical care. Uh babies yeah, on but you have Hamas hiding in the basement of the hospital. So what do you do? You know? <laughs> use right. well, that, that, that's that is the <laughs> other valid part of the argument where they use human shields. And we know they use human shields. And so again, yeah. So, so it, they, they make it harder for, for yeah. people to, to be sympathetic. They use human shields. I said that in one of the videos as well, where Israel will call up and say, look, we're going to bomb this building because it's being used by Hamas. And then Hamas will be like, hey, kids, go play in that building. And then you end up with dead kids. And mm-hmm. Hamas goes yeah. to the media and says, hey, Israel just bombed this building with, de- with dead kids. And then some people in the media will say, well, Israel just killed these dead these kids, and Israel will be like, "Well, we told them that we were going to bomb that building, and the kids were. We were told that there was nobody in the building." Yeah. So one more thing, if you don't mind, uh, the Afghanistan problem. We exit out of Afghanistan now. The weapons are being found in the Hamas hands. Uh, the the rifles that are being used, uh, they've been identified. A lot of the serial numbers now, the equipment, the uh, night vision uh, equipment. Uh, so uh, the Biden administration obviously is responsible, and there's blood on his hands, for, for I, I would say, because of his exit strategy and what he did in Afghanistan, how he exited out of Afghanistan, leaving $86 billion worth of equipment behind. What's your opinion on that? I have not seen anything that in any sort of website that is – I just did a search on it now. I've not seen any. I will look into that, and maybe I'll talk about that Monday. All right. Okay. Um, All right. I'll look it up. I've seen a couple of articles from websites that, to me, don't look legitimate um, on on its face that I don't even want to click on. We know he left it behind, though. We know it was left behind Uh, to the Taliban. Well, from from what I believe, a lot of things were scrapped. So... You know, eighty-six billion dollars worth of hardware. I would say that's a lot of scrap. But all right, uh, well, you know, <laughs> that, I don't think we'll agree on that one. <laughs> okay, but, but uh, and look, and and we we will 
We can have a talk about that. There's also a conversation to be had about the fact that Donald Trump left him with a situation that was untenable because he's the one that set the, that set the date to leave in the first place. So there's that, there's that conversation to be had as well, but let's, let's go ahead and leave it at that. I thank you for your call. I appreciate you taking the call. Thank you. No problem. Have a good day. Be safe, brother. All right. Bye. All right. Gibson Media. Thank you for the call. So yeah, we were we will look into that and maybe we'll talk about that part on on Monday. But he did bring up something that I was going to bring up and I did want to bring up anyway, which is the idea that um or or I did get to a point that I wanted to bring up is that you know I, I do question whether or not um certain things in the actions of Israel are legitimate or not. Yeah, Israel has every right to go after Hamas. But does Israel have every right to use any means necessary to go after Hamas? I mean, we already know that the troops are lining up the border. There's probably going to be a ground war. There's probably going to be a ground assault. They're going to go after Hamas. They're going to go after the terrorists. They're going to try and find the hostages, and, and as, as well they should. Um, they, everybody wants you know, the hostages rescued, and hope, let's hope that they can find as many as possible before any more are killed. Um, and my point is, is that you can't do, you can't do everything. And there's certain things that if you do, you're going to make it, you're going to, you're going to make yourself look bad on the international stage to the point where people are going to start not having your back anymore. So it's funny. Every, everyone's telling me to kick them off. And by the time I'm reading this, I've already kicked them off <laughs> or, or not kicked them off, but I already ended the phone call. Um, so it's funny. Anyway, um, the, uh, again, like, cutting off all the power to everybody. Is that, is that okay? Is, is that, I mean, people might say, well, that, 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 that seems to be a reasonable tactic and whose fault is it if they cut the power off? You know, is it Hamas's fault? You know, is it, is it a reasonable tactic to cut off all the power to make everybody uncomfortable? And do, do, are they going to, will they blame Hamas because the power's cut off? I don't know. But is it is it the uh, is it is it is it okay to leave kids and infirmed people without power to not be able to get you know the needed medical services if you're going to go by Jewish law I would say no. Uh, I would say that if, 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 you're, if you're a Jewish state and you're operating under Jewish law, or if you're trying to be the best Jewish state possible, you're not allowed to, you're, you're not, the idea of, there's, there's questions as to whether, what, what lives you can take to save a life. So it's, it's questionable. Um, I don't think 
that cutting off the power saves more lives than it takes. So I don't think cutting off the power is the best thing to do. I don't think cutting off the power makes people uncomfortable enough to stand up against Hamas and say, hey, let the hostages go. I think it just makes the people more resolute. It makes them more likely to side with Hamas. To say, yeah, maybe the Israeli people are bad because they're, they're now cutting off the power and the people in the hospital are going to die because they can't have power. So there needs to be a solution at least to help the people in the hospital to maybe get them out of the hospital and treat them. Because there are cases where there have been Palestinians that have been treated in Israeli hospitals with, with, and been helped. So don't call my people wicked. Just That's enough. Don't call people wicked. I'm deleting that. Where is it? Where? Eh, no, I didn't pin it. I don't want to pin it. I want to remove it. Undo. Unpin. Hold on. I, I deleted Doc's message. Hold on. Hold on. I, I deleted the damn. I, I, I deleted the wrong thing. Sorry, Doc. <laughs> the thing moved up, um, and I and I deleted the wrong message. Sorry, Doc. That is my bad. So happy I don't have a wrench here. I would twist Gibson's nipples off. That could be a kink. You never know. Um, Again, Doc, I apologize for deleting your message. I did not mean to. So, damn, scrolling too fast. Either is either scrolling too fast or my fat fingers. One of the two happened. <laughs> Anywho, let's stop recording that one because I, I it already recorded too much. Um, here's the thing, Kimchi, like. I don't necessarily think that call was that disruptive, though. Like, he made his points. I made, I made the counterpoints. He made his points. I made my counterpoints, and then he hung up. Now, I don't like the comments that he made in the chat, and, and I deleted one, and Jolie deleted others, and that's fine. Um, but I don't necessarily think that was a disruptive call, because I was already, already going to be talking about the Israeli-Hamas thing, because that's what I changed my thing to um i I don't know it's i'm gonna have conservatives on my show every once in a while it's gonna happen i'm sorry if you don't like it i don't think I, i didn't say his points are valid i just i just said they weren't disruptive this time like, I, 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 
Like again, I don't want Gibson. I don't want you. Be, I don't. I don't want you being calling people wicked. And again, you're on thin ice with with that sort of thing. And you know, you you might have said they started it, but you know, again. You're already on thin ice for things you said in the chat last time. So, and the rest of other people are not on thin ice. So there's that. Um, all I'm saying is, and, and, and if I had to make a choice, if I have to make a choice of, of, of you or them, it's them. I just, I don't know. Um, here's my counterpoint, Kimchi. What does Hal do? What does Hal do on his show? All the time. And you watch Hal a lot, right? And Hal even talked about what he normally does on his show all the time. Hal will take a video, and, and he said today that most of the time when Hal watches a video, Hal will watch a video that he hasn't watched yet. Well, I'm counterpointing you because I'm, I'm trying to make a point. Hal will watch a video that he hasn't watched yet, and he'll respond to it. Who does he respond to? He doesn't respond to the liberals, leftists, most likely, unless it's Young Turks. And, I, and I'll respond to Young Turks as well. Um, and sometimes he'll do like you know, Jimmy Doors and, and whatever. But, you know, Jimmy Doors and A-Hole, um, whatchamacallit, Russell Brands and A-Hole too. Um, but he'll have, he'll put on Alex Jones. He'll put on Donald Trump. He'll put on Trump Jr. He'll put on all the, Dinesh D'Souza, he'll put on all of these gigantic asshats and respond to all of these videos by these gigantic asshats, all of these videos by them for hours on end. And you watch it. They don't complain that he plays their horrible stuff. He airs their lies constantly, Kimchi. He he constantly airs Donald Trump stuff. He constantly airs every single lie that Donald Trump says, and then he counters it. And every time Gibson says something that I that I that I know is that uh, that I absolutely know is not true, I counter it. He brought up the whole Benjamin Netanyahu trying to bring up a two-stage solution. I said, when's the last time that happened? I don't think he's brought up a two-stage solution in forever. He brought up the money being spent. I said that money's not been spent. Like, the only difference is that it's, it, it's live versus not live. I mean, but he eventually lets them complete their stop because he'll pause it and then he'll continue. And I will interrupt. I've muted Gibson Media before. I've stopped him, and I've when I've felt that that's, I have a need to make to make my point. 
I've stopped him before. I've muted him before when I felt the need that I needed to make a point. And especially when he said something so completely outrageous, I'm like, whoa. And when he started going off topic, started going about like other things that were unrelated to the topic of Israel and Hamas, I was like, stop. No, let's narrow this back down to Israel and Hamas and keep it on, on target. I've never said that House had a live MAGA person on the show. I've never said that. What I'm saying is that he plays their stuff. You still have to hear their stuff if you're watching his show. I I can accept your criticism. I just don't, I, 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 I'm more than willing to accept criticism and I'm, and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what the difference is, why it is such a difference. Why is it somehow better? Why is it somehow better for when Hal does it on a video, but when I try and do it live, it's somehow worse. I'm trying to show y'all how to deal with these people. I'm trying to show you to teach y'all how to how I deal with these people. So how when we're dealing with these people in in politics, we have to be able to stand up to these people. We have to be able to know how to stand up to them. We have to be able to know how to make these arguments. We have to be able to know how to counteract their arguments and how to deal with them on the fly. That's what I think I bring to the show. That's what I think I bring is unique to the show. What I, what I, that's why I think is I bring unique to, to the airwaves or to the internet or whatever. That's one of the things that I think that I do better than a lot of other people. But I didn't let him, I don't let him, I, I don't think I've ever let him lie. I, I might give him enough rope to hang himself. I, I let him, like, the one time he was on and he was talking about, I, I, he was, I was letting him talk and talk and talk one time. And I let him talk for about a good like three, four, five minutes. Because at the end of the five minutes, I was waiting to make my point. And then I made my point and he couldn't, he couldn't counteract my point. Because I gave him just enough rope to, to where he couldn't. Hang it was I think it was a time when I was like he was all talking he was all making a big stink point about about politicizing government. I think it was. It was it was when he was making a big stink about politicizing government. And I'm just sitting here just like, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I just I, I wanted to him to keep I wanted him to keep going. Because then at the end of the end of the point that he made, I was like in 2016, did you ever use the word lock her up for Hillary Clinton? Isn't that weaponizing government? And he, he had no retort for that because I exposed the hypocrisy. Exposed what ha- I exposed why, what the problem is there.
Okay, he told Fighting Lies with Zero Challenge, $6 billion. I flat out said that the $6 billion wasn't spent repeatedly several times. That's an incorrect statement, 1277-whatever. I flat out, can someone back me up there? I flat out said that the $6 billion wasn't spent multiple times. Multiple times. I'll take, I'll take valid criticism. That's bullshit. That's flat out bullshit. And the equipment left in Afghanistan? I'm going to email him, and I'm going to have him email me and have him prove that point. The point, uh, the, the onus on the person making a point is on him. And I'm going to email him and I say, look, you give me the point. Because I said at the end of that point, didn't I say at the end, I have no reason to believe that's true. When he made that point, I think you could probably go rewind the live stream. If I didn't say those exact words, I said something similar. I said, I have no reason to believe that's true. Yes, I'm cussing. Because it should be Gibson Media making me upset, and some of y'all are making me upset. Because some of y'all don't understand why I'm using him. And I'm sure he uses me too. But y'all don't understand why I'm using him. It's to prove points. I don't have words of redneck wisdom because I really think the redneck words are wise. I don't have the the new clip of the um, just the clip clip bit thing because I think the just the clip thing is is a is a good thing that was said. Again, I'll say it again. Part of my show is to inform I think I bring I think I, I I think I make points about the issues of the day that are different than anybody else. Um Elizabeth last show heaped a bunch of praise on my commentary on Israel and I and one of the things I was worried about with my commentary on Israel was that I would is that sometimes, you know, my commentary gets taken by a lot of people the wrong way simply because of the fact that I refuse to play the extreme game. I refuse to just blame Israel and just blame Hamas. I'll blame people who deserve blame, regardless of who it is. And so I was very appreciative of, like, Elizabeth, for example, when she was repeatedly keeping praise on what I said last Monday which is awesome, and I appreciated that. And that's 
One of the things I think I do is bring unique points that other people don't bring up. But the other thing I do, I think really well, is debate conservatives. Or just debate in general. I think I debate people well. Why would I not have debates on my show if I didn't debate people well? I don't get it. And not only do I think I debate people well, I think I show other people how to debate well. And maybe there should be some sort of mechanism, some chat mechanism that y'all make that when I have somebody calling into the show that y'all don't like, maybe make some sort of chat group or something or, or, or Discord or something or whatever. And if Gibson Media calls up, maybe just silently leave the chat in here and... Just say, have somebody message y'all and say, he's now not on the show anymore. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. All, Vinny Loco, all the conservatives do is lie. Every single clip that Hal Spark shows of conservatives is lies. And he's constantly knocking them down. The only difference is I'm, I'm doing it live while he's doing it on video. But that's what I understand. He has a, he has a five days a week, or sometimes twice a day show, sometimes, or maybe it's not five days a week. Whenever he has a show, sometimes twice a day, sometimes once a day, he does a show. And it's a great show. I love Hal's show. I'm not criticizing Hal at all. I think he does a great job doing the show. He does a great job of responding to the conservative lies. And he played, but I, I just don't understand what the difference is by responding to a video of a lie and responding to a lie live. It doesn't make, it's not, a, I don't, I disagree with you, Benny. I disagree with you 150% that there's, that there's, that there's that much of a difference between responding to a lie live and responding to a lie on video. And I don't know. I can't handle it. I just, I just cannot, I can't understand it. Just whatever. Um, caller, I apologize. Um, call back Monday. I, I'm going to be ending the show right now. I'm, I'm done with tonight's show. This is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, I'll be back Monday, uh, same time, 8 p.m. Central, here on YouTube, Liberal Dan Radio. I will be live on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. If you want to join me tomorrow night, just do gaming stuff or whatever. Um, you can follow me on twitch.tv slash Liberal Dan Radio as well, because once I get monetized here, I will be... Um, do streaming both. Both. But first, if you want to help me out, give me the 1,000 subscribers, share videos, like, comment on other videos, share this channel with friends, get your friends to subscribe as well. Do whatever. Until next time.
Radio. Talk to you last. That's right.